Welcome back to the punt return. We have one month to go uh, of the regular season. It promises to be a barnstorming run home to the postseason. Now, quickly, I, I told you all last week that we were going to have a very, very special guest on the show this week because Ryan Lepore, a regular co-host, is off having a baby. Good on him. Congratulations. Well done. Uh, pushed it out himself. Um, <laughs> so I'd love to introduce my very special guest this week. Ryan Lepore, fresh off having a baby. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Did you ever really take a break? No, oh, no break needed. I, I miss you too much. I missed you too much. But no, look, <laughs> it was it was <laughs> it wasn't the plan. But um, yeah, well, uh, we we were very lucky. We've got a very healthy little girl that entered this world on Saturday night, so a little bit earlier than we anticipated. Um, we were booked into well, my partner was booked in to give birth on Monday, but um. Uh, our little girl who's named uh, named Harper, she wanted to meet the world a little bit earlier. And yes, I did name her after your your great uh, mate, Bryce Harper, who I'm, you know, <laughs> a tragic Phillies fan now. But um, no, look, um, very excited that um, she's entered the world and is in our lives. But yeah, sadly, my partner's still in hospital. So I'm uh, at home looking after the other one and he's, he's fast asleep. So I've got some time up my sleeve to to chat with you and, and do this podcast. So very um, fortunate to be in that position. And um, yeah, it was another, another massive week, mate. Um, obviously highlighted by the, um, the thumping of your mob. Not a highlight, for sure. <laughs> um, but, but a, I mean, let's be honest. A first things first, I'm glad you're a Philly and we're, we're glad to have you. Yeah. B, B, I'm glad your priorities are right and you're on the show this week because it's not <laughs> like you had to actually do anything on the weekend. Absolutely nothing. But C, congratulations. That is massive and very well done and she's adorable. So welcome to the world, Harper. Um, Thank you, but back to back to the football. Back to the football. I I think both as, a, as an Eagles fan and as an NFL fan was a bit disappointed by the so-called game of the year. Not mm. only because of the result, but also because of the way that it played out. I mean, the first half was pretty average. It was a fairly timid. Yeah. Um, both teams were kind of just feeling each other out. There wasn't yeah. much passion in it. There wasn't. It wasn't good football. And then in the second half, obviously, we know the Niners just put the foot down and, and dominated the Eagles. Um, but it just wasn't like it wasn't a great game to watch in, in any way. Obviously, as an Eagles fan, but I think just. In general, it wasn't a great game to watch. It wasn't a spectacle. Um, and I think for the first time in a while, I kind of walked away from one of the those game of the years, and we've had a few in the last month, um, thinking that was pretty disappointing. But I think the question now has to be asked legitimately, are the 49ers the best team in football? And I think they are. Um, I'd have to agree, and it's a pretty resounding Yes, to that question, especially after what they did to Philly um, this week. And, and it'll be really interesting to see how your Eagles bounce back against the Cowboys in Dallas. So it um, doesn't get any easier for Philadelphia. And I, I know, um, the, the, to be honest, the Niners have looked unstoppable since the bye. They they obviously lost those three games. Um, the last one against Cincy before they went into their bye, they got healthy. They got Debo Samuel back. They got Trent Williams back. They kind of regrouped Kyle Shanahan would have kind of got them back on the straight and narrow and they haven't looked back. They they came out and absolutely pumped the Jags. Um, they've beaten the Bucks, who, you know, put up a – was probably their – well, it was their closest um, game of the lot. They still won by two touchdowns. 
and then um, they demolished the Seahawks, and now and now the best team in the league. Well, you know the team that had the best record. So yeah, it's pretty phenomenal, and it's eerily. Don't, I mean, similar. don't don't forget what they did to the Cowboys as well. Like that was an even. Well, that was a bit earlier in the season, but yeah, of course. And and this is the thing they they are. On their day, they they are by far the best team in football, and mm-hmm. you know, they can they can just demolish teams on on both sides of the ball. And of course, it was the offense again this week. Um, but look, the thing is, it's such an eerily similar script to what happened last year. I know um, it was actually a year ago today. I think I read on on Twitter somewhere that it was Garoppolo went down and and Brock Birdie took over as the starter. And yeah, and they and they went on this run. And and look, obviously, Purdy's been the starter all season, but. You know they, they've kind of hit their straps mid-season again, and they're going to go on this run. And and like I mentioned in my in the take back last week, I had them kind of running out the season, winning out, potentially getting that number one seed, which you know might come down to this week and and what result happens in the Eagles Cowboys game. But I don't see the Niners losing again for the for the regular season. That is, they've got a really cushy run home. Um, but yeah, they're scarily good, scarily good, and and they've got a clean bill of health at the moment, which is which is most important for them at the moment. They're they're completely um, injury free. I think Eric Armstead, Eric Armstead might be the only one that's you know a question mark on this week, and um, that's you know a really valuable kind of member of the of the lineup. So yeah, it's going to take a lot to get to knock them down, and um, good luck to the rest of the NFL. But um, yeah, they're, they're, they're the complete team, especially when they're, when they're clicking like they did on the weekend. It's, it's amazing because I think, I think, I think you're right on, on all counts. Um, they, they don't really have a weak link. I mean, they've got weak links, but they're still pretty good. Um, but it's amazing because we, we've been speaking for a while about how competitive the AFC is as a conference. Um, but you look at the NFC and there is six is it six teams, one, two, three, four, five, six teams with nine wins or more, which is amazing. Um yeah, I think that the AFC has two. Obviously they've got a they've got some more kind of eight win teams as well, but um across across the league, it's super competitive. And this this final month heading into the postseason is gonna be really interesting and and should be really entertaining to watch. I think. Oh, absolutely! It's it's been a phenomenal season, and it's it's still so wide open. And we, you know, we haven't seen any of those, um, you know, what it took five six weeks before all teams had parity and had a loss. We, um, you know, every team had had a win by about week four or five. So it's been it's been super competitive. Yes, there's been some absolutely stinky games, and you know, I I kind of agree with Tom Brady's take the other week about there's a lot of mediocre play in the NFL. Like, I mean. There's been some god awful games this year. I mean, you don't have to go much further than the six nil game the Chargers yeah. and the Patriots must have. I haven't seen a second of it. And I don't want to. I, don't, I really don't want to. I mean, fuck me, that is pathetic. And <laughs> well, I mean, considering the the Pats had been shut out a couple of weeks earlier, and there was that Monday Night Football Bears Vikings last week as well. Oh, there it's been there has been some shit house football. And then you look. To Thursday night this week, and you got the Pats on prime time against the Steelers. Who you know, without Kenny Pickett as well, it's Mitch Trubisky up against it could Bailey. Be zero three. It, the the line is thirty, and that might be way too much. Um, that's probably as low as I've seen it in the NFL. Flat thirty. I don't think I've ever seen it in the twenties. Um, I reckon. Yeah, there the last few years, there's a couple of snow games. Yeah, look, 29, 30. 
yeah, I remember having this conversation with you last year around a Brown Steelers game, and it, it might have been a similar kind of total, mm. but <laughs> where both teams couldn't score. But yeah, goodness me, there, there has been some stinkers, but there has been some phenomenal games, and um, yeah, the, the season's wide open, and that's the, the great thing. And the and the playoff races, um, you know, really wide open. And you know, we've seen teams like the Chiefs kind of falter lately, last couple of weeks. Um, obviously, the Cowboys. Uh, sorry, the Eagles got that reality check, and now they play the Cowboys and. You know, the Cowboys need to still beat someone of note, and that's the thing. So, I mean, I know arguably you could have said they deserved or they should have beaten you guys when, when you last played in Philly, but um, the end result was that Philadelphia won and, and you know, um, they kind of have controlled that division since day one this year, but mm-hmm. the Cowboys can overtake him now with a win this week. So it's a, it's a huge game. Um, you've got other, you know, big divisional matchups. I know the NFC South's not really worth talking about, but you've got all four teams playing each other this week. Um, that'll make a big difference when we come to the playoff picture. Um, the AFC South all of a sudden looks unreal. And, um, you know, who would have thought, you know, yeah. you'd have three potential playoff teams in the AFC South, which is just yeah. phenomenal. So, uh, look, it's it's been a wild season and, and plenty of um, plenty of talking points come out of it. But, uh yeah, looking forward to the run home. It's going to be a wild December before we get into um, playoff football next month. Absolutely, and you're right. It is it is wide open. And another race that's wide open is the MVP race, and we've spoken mm. about it a couple of times. Obviously, the the favourite for the MVP has has chopped and changed almost every week. Yeah, um, Jalen Hurts has been kind of the consensus favourite for the previous couple of weeks. Before that, it's it's been up and down with Mahomes and Lamar and a couple of other guys. Um, but there is, I think legitimately nine guys who can win the MVP this year. The odds are, are a bit shaky because these nine guys start at $4 and end at $26. And it starts with Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Tua Tagovailoa, Tyreek Hill, CJ Stroud as a rookie in the conversation is phenomenal. Christian McCaffrey and Josh Allen ending the the, the countdown at $26. They are still a shot. I mean, obviously, it's unlikely to see a running back win the MVP as much as he probably deserves it as much as anyone. And obviously, with the the run that the Bills have had over the last kind of two months, it seems unlikely that a Buffalo Bill could win it. But Josh Allen has been incredible recently. Um, but I think that's it. There are there are nine guys, and I don't think anyone has really put their hand up now to say they deserve to be the consensus favorite. No, absolutely not. And it's usually pretty cut and dry at this time of year, isn't it? Or at least, you know, there's one or two guys standing up. Mm. But this is a genuine eight-person race, like you said. Like, this is, could go either way. And, you know, you've still got the guys like Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey, who obviously aren't quarterbacks, but they're still writing calculations. I mean, Tyreek well, I think Hill, the fact that it is it is so open and that no QB has kind of said, I'm the guy. 100%. Um, it, it leaves it open for those two that it is entirely possible. I, yeah, exactly, and, and like I, I think I said it, yeah, about a month or six weeks ago. This this has to be the year that if if a quarterback or non quarterback's going to win it, this has to be the year. We've seen some unbelievable mm. seasons. I mean, AJ Brown's dropped off a little bit since since we discussed him, but you know, Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey are still putting up freak numbers. And like you said, there's no quarterback putting their hand up saying I'm the I'm the best guy this year. I mean, they've they've all had ups and downs. And and look, just the fact that Brock Purdy is now equal favorite is shocking, um, really. Consider, but um, you know, and, and a guy like Dak, who started the season 
under a lot of scrutiny and, and played yeah. pretty poorly, to be honest. And then to get him, I know he's been rolling at home with against pretty weak opposition, but you know he, he showed a lot on Thursday night football. That was one of the better games of the season, and um, that shootout with Geno Smith that was actually a really fun game to watch. And and Dak stood up and and delivered where it counted. He was clutch um, late and, and didn't make a mistake, which we know you know has in previous seasons. So. Kudos to Dak. He's having a great year. He's going to have to be at his best again this week to beat your Eagles. But, um, yeah, it completely is wide open. I think the only reason Tua is down that low is because Miami's still, and I'll, I'll, I'll touch on um, them a little bit later when we get to the power rankings, but they just haven't beaten anyone yet. We've done it against good teams. And and the one for me that stands out at, at, at value and, and probably the guy that's flown under the radar a little bit, and, of course, they always do when they're in a bye week, is, is Lamar Jackson, who obviously didn't play last week. But he's going to lead the Ravens to, I think, the number one seed in the AFC mm-hmm. um, from where, where where they stand at the moment. Um, and he's been faultless all year. He really has. So I think Lamar could be the one. Um, I know sometimes it goes against you if you've already won one and they like to share it around potentially, but he judged a bit more, a bit hard, a bit harsher. So, you know, I yep. think Jalen Hurts could be – if he can have a good run home and, and get the Eagles still to the number one seed, I mean, he still could be the guy. But at that value there for $9 or around about that mark, depending where you shop, Lamar could be the one for me. So I, I, I agree that there's there's value there, especially the way that the Ravens are playing. And you, you figure if they – let's say they win out to end the season uh, – a lot of that's going to come down to their offense, and obviously Lamar is is the key that unlocks that offense. Um, if you had to choose one right now, doesn't depend on odds because I, I genuinely believe that any of those nine guys could win it. Ten was it nine or ten? Um, even even the guys out at fourteen, twenty three, twenty six bucks. I think any of them put on a good month to finish the season. Any of them could legitimately win this. If you had to pick one right now, are you going with Lamar? Uh, no, I think the bias of the price helped me pick Lamar. To be honest, if I'm picking a most valuable player and who I think is the most valuable person to their team, um, going against prices and going by statistics and, and, and just watching the football a lot this year, I think Jalen Hurts still is the MVP. Interesting. I, I love it. And, and I think... I think he's still counts for so many touchdowns. I know you read out a stat last. Yes, I think it was last week. You just read out Mm. a stat like you know he's twenty something of the thirty something. Like it was, it was ridiculously high percentage. And he does so much with his legs. He does it with his, um, you know, the tush push helps. But you know, he he the only the only guy in in that list that that is comparable actually. And I actually think that he he might actually beat Jalen Hurts in that. In that particular stat is Josh Allen, Mm. someone who's accountable for as many of the total team touchdowns. Uh, I think it's Josh Allen first, Jalen Hurts two. Obviously, uh, for Josh Allen, so much depends on the Bills putting the pieces together and actually making, you know, getting on a bit of a run. But um, look, I think Jalen Hurts is a fair shout. I think if I was if I was going to put money down now. I completely agree with you that if if there's going to be a year that it's a non-QB that wins it, that this is it. And I think 
things continue to go the way the season has gone, mm. Tyreek Hill, I think, is the guy. And, and and we'll talk about him maybe a little bit later. Or actually, maybe we'll do it now. But I th- you know, the last the last non-QB to win the MVP was Adrian Peterson in 2012, I think it was. Mm. And he had just over 2,000 rushing yards. Uh, phenomenal season. Tyreek Hill's on pace for 2,000 receiving yards. Um, and I think he needs to average something like 103 yards for the rest of the season. He has five weeks to go. He's got 14, 20-something, 14, 50, whatever it is. He needs to average 103, 104 yards for the rest of the season to, to hit that 2,000. And I think he does it with a week to spare, to be honest. Um, looking at some of the matchups they've got and the way that he, he and Tua connect, I mean, you saw it again on the weekend. Um, you know, was it 160, 155 yards, 160 yards and, and two two scores? I mean, the, the connection there is undeniable. And what they've been able to do so far this season has been incredible. And I just can't see a way that that doesn't continue. The only thing that can stop it would be an injury. And assuming he gets 2,000 receiving yards with a week to spare, I'm not sure that any of the QBs, at least to this point, have done enough to say, I'm the standout this season. Whereas he can quite easily say, I'm the standout skill player across the course of the season. So I love Christian McCaffrey and, and I, I wholly agree that he's deserved MVPs because I think he has been a number of times, actually. Mm. Um, and I think since coming to the since coming to the Niners, I think he's gone to another level. But I think in terms of purely most valuable player, I think... Yeah, it's hard to go past Tyreek Hill when, and what he's done and achieved so far this season. And if that continues, I'm, I'm not sure how there's yeah, an argument for him not to be it, other than he's not a quarterback. Mate, you make compelling argument for, for Tyreek. And to be honest, I, I love it because I'd love to see him win it. I think he's he's so good for the game. He's 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 brilliant on um, you know, with his time on social media and with the media in general. And he's he's just phenomenal, you know, he takes the game, he wants it to be fun, doesn't he? Like he doesn't mm. take it too seriously. And yep. um, we know he's got phenomenal, phenomenal speed, but, you know, he's he looked like a guy that could just be one of those um, punt returners, the guys that you use for That's a trick right. play, but he's become so much more and become the, the best receiver in the league, hasn't he? I mean, yeah, six season. So uh, incredible. And he plays above his height. You know, he takes, you know, catches in the air and he's, he's a phenomenal athlete and, I'd love to see him win it. Um, we might have missed the best price we could have got for him, but um, he's still getting double digits for him. Well, if he has a, if he has a game where he only gets you know seventy five or eighty, that's yards, right. then maybe it's that's the week to get on. But I mean, I think the key thing is that there's no reason why he will drop off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like unless he gets injured, there's no. I don't see him not getting to two thousand for sure. And then um, the Dolphins. They've got a few tough games, but there's no reason why they can't put up points, especially in the next couple of weeks. They've got the Titans and the Jets before a pretty stiff run home. But well, but even still, like you look at the stiff run home and the, the Cowboys, like I, I know yeah. they've got a, you mm. know, Teron Blandley in, in interceptions and uh, pick sixes, but outside of him, their secondary is pretty soft. Yeah, uh, the Ravens, the secondary is is very good but it's not elite that's probably the toughest one the bills have proven to be soft they've gotten better since bringing in Russell Douglas but they're still pretty soft and then like you said the, the next couple of weeks with the Titans and the Jets 
the secondary is probably the weakest part of both of those defensive units. So there's no there's no real reason outside of having to play the the Ravens defense that you know he shouldn't shouldn't be going at 105 yards a game. Yeah, it's phenomenal. He'll he'll I think he'll easily get there. And um, you know, if you're going by, I know that's an extra season, an extra game in in the season now, but I think he might even get there by week 16, like you mentioned. Yeah. So, um, and and by looking just quickly looking back at that at 2012 season, Vikings didn't even win their division. So it's not mm. necessarily a team outcome there when it comes to these awards. So. Um, we know the Dolphins, they should be winning the AFC East, unless, you know, sparing disaster here, um, which makes them obviously a lock for a playoff team. So why not? Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Now, the, let, let me ask you a question. Do you want to go from a, an elite season, something that is potentially historically good, to something that might be underrated and appreciated, or do you want to go from something that is historically potentially good to something that is potentially historically bad? Where do you want to go next? <laughs> let's let's go with the historically bad because it makes me laugh. All right. All right. Well, you, you kind of touched on it uh, at the top of the show. The NFC South is awful. I remember a couple of years ago, us doing this show talking about the NFC East and you know the NFC lease jokes and all that sort of stuff. But the NFC South is historically bad. I mean, we're talking about a division where the Panthers, at one and ten a week ago, hadn't been mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. They've only just been eliminated from contention well, now, at one and eleven, which is, I mean, that's insane. Um, but his, I mean, talking historically, the NFC South collectively have a. 0.354 winning percentage, a 35 under 35 and a half percent winning percentage in history. Only the 2008 NFC West and the 2014 NFC South have finished a season with a lower winning percentage. That's astounding. Well, it, in my time, and I know it hasn't been a lot, you know, you know, we're only talking 10, 10 years maybe. Of watching the NFL closely, and I I don't remember a division. You know, I know divisions used to be different, but I never I don't remember a division being this bad ever for sure. And I know you just mentioned one there in terms of the NFC South in 2014. And it's and while I say that, it's like the NFC South is always bad. Like there's there's you know there's been a couple of seasons obviously where there's been a good team. Uh, we've seen the Saints win a Super Bowl. We've seen the the Panthers get to a Super Bowl, and we've obviously seen the the Bucks recently win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady, but. And, 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 of course, Matt Ryan with the Falcons as well. But, you know, there's been good teams within the division, but there's never been a competitive, strong NFC South is what I'm trying to say, I think. Like, you know, like I said. No, it's never been one of the most competitive divisions in football. No, like, you know, you're going to get your, your playoff winner in and that's it. You, you, I'm sorry, division winner in and that's it. You don't get the, the second and the third team wildcards getting in like we've seen in, in other divisions. And this is as bad as it gets. Like, I mean, the Falcons who... Let's be honest, aren't great. They're six and six, <laughs> aren't they? Like, yeah, six and they're six, leading yeah. the division. The Saints, who we spoke about at nauseum at the start of the season, have to win this division for the pure talent mm -hmm. on both sides of the ball. Plus, 
you know, it's it's arguable to say now, but you know, on paper going into the season, he was the best quarterback by by a mile. Yeah, in this division, Derek Carr. But the guy can't stay healthy. He's been knocked out, banged up again. Dennis Allen, and, and some some could argue that their best football has been when Derek Carr hasn't been on the field. It's very true. It's very true. I mean, it's funny because obviously this historically bad NFC South is going to is going to get better because at least two teams will win this week because they're playing <laughs> each other, and or you know we could see two ties. Who knows? But You'd think two teams will win, so that will improve the um, division win percentage slightly. But, yeah, God, it's bad. It is really, really bad. and um, It just makes for a really lopsided playoff series and, and it's what we saw last year with the, the Bucks sneaking in at eight and nine winners of the division and the Cowboys essentially had a free pass that week, week one. Mm. So I know the NFL is never going to change the, the playoff rules. Well, maybe they do, but it's... It's really bad when when teams are this shit and they're getting into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, at at the very least, I mean, the silver lining of those matchups coming up this week are that those games will be over by the time the prime time games start. You know, kind of late Monday morning, um, that both of those games will be will be done or nearly done. So that's the the silver lining there. One highlight, I think, from that division though. Yeah. And spoke a, a little bit earlier, a few minutes ago, about um, something or someone who's underrated and underappreciated. Mike Evans, I think, is having one of those careers that players dream of having and yet doesn't seem to get the respect that those careers deserve. And I'll give you an example. On the weekend, Mike Evans broke a 1,000 yards receiving for the 10th consecutive time since he joined the league. That's never been done before. He broke that record last year with nine consecutive years to start a career. He's added on that this season with a 10th consecutive season. Only one player has had more consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, and that's Jerry Rice, who's an all-time, all-time great, who has 11 consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, which Mike Evans will be going for next season. Jerry Rice has 14 total. Now, obviously, one thing that has been a knock on Mike Evans is his health and ability to be out there week after week after week. But you're hitting 1,000 yards receiving every year of your career. That is, that's like, that's massive, massive numbers. Thoughts? Oh no! Spot on. Exactly right. He's he's a phenomenal athlete. He's a phenomenal receiver, and he's he's one of the guys that you can just you know rely on each week, week to week. You know you're going to get the best out of him. You know he he has been a bit inconsistent this year, and and probably over the last couple of years, where where the Bucks obviously offense hasn't been as good. When you've got you know down weeks, and and then you've got weeks like he had just on the weekend, and essentially made something happen in a pretty ordinary game. And he he got that long touchdown from Baker and. Had to do most of that himself, yards after catch, got into the end zone. He, he's a phenomenal player and, like you said, probably underappreciated, underrated. A guy that, you know, is not in one of the big market teams, obviously, they were a bit of a more of a, you know, um, a Broadway kind of offing when, when Mr. TB12 was there. And, and even then, I don't think he still got the plaudits that he deserved. And, yeah. But he's going to go down in the Hall of Fame. He's a Super Bowl champion. He, he's a stud and... Um, Kudos to you for shouting him out. Well, I just, I feel like 
people think of the Bucks and they go, oh, we had Tom Brady and blah, blah, blah. But Tom Brady was only there for a couple of years. Two seasons. Two seasons. So here are the quarterbacks that have thrown. <laughs> Please tell me. Here are the quarterbacks that have thrown a pass to Mike Evans. Mike Glennon. Josh McCown. Famous Jameis Winston. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic. Blaine Gabbert. Tom Brady. Baker Mayfield. Now that is... Kyle Trask? That is not. That is not. No? Kyle Trask didn't get a completion to him? Because he came in for Baker a couple of times this year. But I think Mike Evans must have not, not had it. a... Come on, Kyle. A completion there. Come on, um, Kyle. But that is that is throw the ball to bloody Mike Evans, mate. Get that is not an all star cast of quarterbacks no, outside no, of outside of Tom Brady. Baker, oh, uh, I you were say Baker Mayfield. No, like you're right. It's a <laughs> it's an awful list, awful list of quarterbacks, isn't it? And and look, Jameis has had his ups and downs, but you know it's a, it really. Let's be honest, it's it's an awful list of quarterbacks, and um, you know, journeyman backups, these yeah. kind of guys, they're not. They're not Hall of Famers like obviously Tom Brady or anything, but you know Mike Evans is a is a first ballot Hall of Famer with those numbers, you know, that he just reeled off. So, um, an absolute superstar, and he'll have his. Um, is there are retired jerseys in the NFL as well, like uh, I think some teams. Some thirteen, teams some thirteen teams. might be locked away for the Bucks because um, yeah, he's been a. He's I been mean, a I I really feel I'm like sure he could be he could be an option to be somewhere else. To go we we've discussed that he could have been a trade yeah. target, someone like the yeah. Chiefs or you know a contender. Um, but you know he's he stayed loyal. You know, there's times where I'm sure he would have been offered money to go somewhere else, but he's stayed he true had to the and, Yeah, and I mean, before not, the Eagles, before the Eagles traded for AJ Brown, Mike Evans was a, basically the top, my top pick for for someone mm. to trade for. Um, the only question was his his ability to stay healthy. We know that he, you know, he, he doesn't miss. Lots of time, but he regularly misses games with little things, you know, with a well, just or whatever. But when you were going through his numbers, I wanted to have a quick look myself. The lowest games he's played is thirteen, so he's been pretty yeah. durable, to be honest. Like, yeah, and that was twenty nineteen. So, but the rest he's played sixteen, sixteen, fifteen. Like he's he's barely missed any game. So, um, I know, like you said, he's missed a game or there here or there, but he's been pretty durable for his career, and he's mm. yeah had a phenomenal season. Two dropped, two fumbles in his career. Incredible. Pretty good, pretty good for 10 seasons. When you look at those pro bowlers that have thrown passes to him, it's uh, <laughs> astonishing, really. It, it is astonishing. Outside of outside of Tom Brady, and you can talk about Baker Mayfield and Jameis Winston, but who's the best quarterback on the rest of that list? Fitzpatrick. I agree. I agree. Fitzpatrick. Which, I don't know if that's... a Knock on the rest of the list, or a on the rest of the list. Fitz magic. I don't know. Yeah. Now nah, look, Baker. Baker might be there past him one day. I don't know. Like, Baker's had a good year, to be honest. He's had a he's had a pretty solid year, and he's, he's he's certainly you know guaranteed himself another season in the NFL next year. I think when all when all is said and done, both Baker Mayfield and Jameis Winston will have decent nah. NFL careers. No, nah, James. But, is, I don't think James will ever start again. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you. Were, I mean, look at some of the guys who were throwing. I know who I'd rather quarterback in my team, out of Mayfield and and Winston. Sure, but you know, 
Bailey Zappi is throwing the ball in. You're right, Bailey's but like, um, yeah. Look, uh, to be honest, you know, there's been some, there's been a lot of good quarterbacks taken at one, and there's been a lot of busts. And and Baker's, you know, a guy that's going to be a solid NFL quarterback. I, I agree, and it's but, but you know, that he, that he had. correct. But I, I think, I think Jameis Winston has proven to be an okay NFL quarterback. He's last in the league. Well, he was, for, a, you know, for for a while, he's been a starter. He's been a backup. Well, he was a number he's, one pick, wasn't he? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Look, he's he's a better quarterback than most. He's better quarterback than me, that's for sure. That's he, well, I still true. think he's there's still a good handful of backups that are better than him in the league. But like you said, there might be some starters that aren't as good as him. So who knows? <laughs> I'm not sure there's too many backups in the league that have the potential to throw 30 touchdowns in a season. And with those 30 touchdowns, you've got 30 <laughs> interceptions. Sure. But, 30 for 30. You know. Have they ever made that doc, Doco? They need to. Oh, it's it's only – surely it's only a matter of time. Even if it's just one of those, like, teaser trailers that only goes for yeah. 30 minutes. That, yeah. They have to. They have to. Um, <laughs> spe- speaking of quarterbacks, we've got a couple of, couple of questions around quarterbacks. And – I want to talk about elite quarterbacks, one who's definitely missing time, and that's mm. Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, and one that's Trevor Lawrence, who's potentially going to miss time. We saw him limp off. Yeah, uh, so. Looked, looked ugly, horrible. but it sounds like that it's not as bad as what it looked. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start? You want to start with Cincinnati and I guess what we saw on the weekend with the uh, the Browning effect, and, and that was – Browning effect. I mean, it was a pretty impressive performance. I'm still not ready to say that the Bengals are back and, and you know, worthy of a, a playoff run, but they looked okay. They looked okay. The Jags, I think, on the flip side, might be cooked if Trevor Lawrence misses more than a week. Um, well, I'll start with Browning. Um, but, yeah, that was, a, that was a great game. I didn't see much of it. I saw, saw a little bit at the end. Or sort of the last quarter and a bit, or well, obviously over time, but he was great. He he played really smart football. He, I mean, he made a couple of false starts that were costly. Um, not entirely his fault with the offensive line kind of um, anticipating a few things, but he got called on both of those off of those offsides, which was a bit unfortunate for him. But those stats he just put up, incredible, absolutely incredible. That's like perfect pass rating almost. I don't know what he actually pass rating was. Well, but Thirty two for, for those. For those of you who can't see the run sheet, uh, oh sorry, I thought you said it. Thought you no, said no, no. But yeah, thirty-two was... from thirty-seven. That's unreal. Yeah. Three fifty-four, yeah. a, a passing and a rushing touchdown, and then obviously a first win as a NFL starter. His first win in any game, I think, since mm. college, since he played for the Huskies. Um, I think they mentioned on the broadcast. So look, incredible, incredible turnaround, especially after what we saw. Um, a week earlier in, in Pittsburgh, and you know he really struggled. I mean, that's a pretty formidable defense. And and yeah. but in saying that, going to Jacksonville, who's been pretty bloody good on defense all year, into their home ground, uh, Monday Night Football, huge stage, um, all nation plus the world watching. Um, your second career start, phenomenal effort by the young fella. And um, you know, obviously, kudos to Zach Taylor and the coaching staff. They got him ready, got him prepared, and you know, he even said so after the game that he was it was just another week um, under his belt, which helped obviously. But you know, Jamar Chase was phenomenal, phenomenal, caught everything that was thrown to him. 
Um, they got a bit more going from the run game, even though Joe Mixon, I don't know, he averaged probably like two yards per carry. He was, couldn't get much going, but he, he did get into the end zone, and that helped, obviously. I was going to well. say, he was really strong when they got into the in the Yeah, and game. makes a big difference when you've got a run game to help a young quarterback. Yeah, um, They just didn't have one against the Steelers. But look, I, I don't, like you said, I don't think I buy into the fact that this Bengals are going to make a late season playoff push just because the AFC is so loaded and so stacked at the moment. You know, you've got teams like the Bills, who I think will miss as well. So it just shows you how deep the AFC is at the moment, um, which is unfortunate for the Bengals, who kind of had their, their, their you know, their fit, not fairy, I won't say fairy tale, but, you know, their, their run kind of halted, you know, to bowl an AFC championship game. Um, looks like they might miss playoffs this year, but, you know, who knows? Funny things have happened. Um, I'll tell you what, they've they've got a really tough yeah. Final month. They've got their easiest, their easiest. <laughs> not even this, because I think the Colts D is still decent. Mm. They're, they're, from a defensive opponent um, perspective, their easiest matchup is probably next week against the Vikings. They've got yeah. the Colts this week, then the Vikings, and then you've got a run of the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Bengals, uh, and the Browns. Three of the best 10 defenses in the, the league. Mm. That's that's a tough run for a rubbish. That's a rubbish run. You never never had a win until this week. Yeah, it, that makes it tough. But um, just moving on to the other quarterback, <clears throat> excuse me, that you mentioned, and yeah, Trevor Lawrence looked like he had his leg amputated. It looked like a really horrible <laughs> incident, and, to be honest. But and they made him thankfully... walk off and walk down the tunnel as well. I know the poor guy, like put him on a car at least. But yeah. goodness sake, and um. It was a bit of a botch play, and which is really unfortunate to see when you know the, he's driving your team to a to a win potentially, and then for that to happen, and you know he's been so durable. He hasn't. I don't think he's missed a game, has he? Or he, um, since he debuted, or he, I know he played forty something yeah. straight. Been ridiculously good, and uh, I would have said yes, their 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 chances are cooked, but they still have a pretty solid defense, um, and their run home isn't as isn't that bad that they should be able to squeak out another win or two. I think they've got... Um, Still think, also not a... I mean, I mean there's no gimmies. There's no gimmies in the NFL, obviously, but... Browns and uh, Ravens from a defensive... Browns and Ravens this next two weeks is, mm. is very tough. But then if, let's say, Lawrence misses one week, maybe rest him against the Ravens, get him back for the final three weeks. They're beating the Bucks, Panthers and Titans for mine. Yeah. And that's yeah. plenty of wins to get them that's probably into the playoffs and, and probably still a division win just. Um, yeah. Although, you know, now that loss has made it very close. Well, Houston. Made it, has it made it very interesting. It's interesting because they don't play the Colts or the or the Texans again. Um, and they've they've beaten the Colts twice, so they've got the tiebreaker over them and then they're one and one against the Texans, so it might come down to divisional wins in that situation. So, yeah, look, I think they should still win the division. But um, and and thankfully for for Jags fans, it looks like Trevor Lawrence might avoid surgery. He might have a, a a surgery like Kenny Pickett's just had, which is what they say is for him to miss one week on a high angle sprain. So yeah. who knows? Who knows? But it, it did look bad. But um, I don't think they're cooked yet, the Jags. But you know, if he if he was somehow ruled out for the rest of the year, then they're definitely cooked. They're not winning any playoff games without Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it could come down to those divisional um, matchup records because I mean let's say let's say the Jays lose the next two because they're tough games the Texans 
in the next two have the Jets and the Titans to potentially overtake the Jags for the division lead. And then Houston have Cleveland, Tennessee again, and Indianapolis. So obviously, yeah, out of the final five weeks, they've got three divisional Oh, it's a good, matchups. it's a great run home for the Texans. Is what I mentioned last week, I think. Right. Yeah, we, we've talked about it about for for a couple. I of said weeks. that it's a great run home. At least five of their last six, and yeah. it, they beat the Broncos, which I expected. But the one that I kind of didn't give them, give them one was against the Browns. But they could easily win out, like I mentioned last yeah. week, and, and get eleven wins and, and potentially win the division, especially if if the Jags falter now. Like that was a, yeah. it's a bad loss to have for the Jags, so it could come back to bite them. Who knows? Absolutely. No, I 100% agree. Um, now, finally, before we move on to the rest of the show, something that makes me incredibly happy, <laughs> incredibly happy. I can't, I can't overstate how happy this makes me, is how bad the New England Patriots are. The Pats have lost three straight games where they've allowed 10 points or less. <laughs> Got shut out again in one of the worst games we've seen in a while. Six six nil <laughs> to the Chargers, uh, it's a, which it's I'm not sure game. if it says more about the Chargers or the Pats. Probably both of them. Um, but the Pats' defense is is pretty good. The Pats' defense is pretty good, but they've got zero offense. And you can only imagine if they just had some, like not even <laughs> even just below league average, like what the Pats could be. But this is the worst offense I've seen in a long time. In a long time. Yeah, it's 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 downright ugly, isn't it? And look, I mean, in in positive news, their their starting quarterback didn't throw an interception this week. But <laughs> they, fuck, what an awful game! What an awful game! But genuinely, yeah, that's that's about as good as I could say for their offense. And to be shut out again and now allowed. Well, to not for their defense to not allow more than ten points for three straight games and lose them all, you yeah. must be just like I know there was a lot of talk and and I don't know why there hasn't been this much scrutiny on New England as there was on New York Jets and Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. you know like this these def, this defense is doing everything this power to win games, yeah, and their quarterbacks are just inept. I mean they haven't got any receivers like we we touched on off air and you know their run game is should be better. Um, obviously their own line's no good. And, you know, Stevenson's now out for a couple of weeks, which hurts. Um, but I just don't understand why Zach Wilson and the Jets got all this scrutiny, you know, saying, oh, this offense is pathetic. It's letting down this yeah. amazing defense, da-da-da. I haven't heard a word say about Bill Belichick and his offense. And No. Well, and people forget. Like I know he's, I know he's been benched, but Mac Jones was a top 15 pick. Yeah. Well. They're, they're like... Genuine protected species, that, that franchise. And... Um, it, like you said, it's fantastic to see them suffer. And I don't really have an allegiance to any team that they play. You know, I'm not a New York fan or, a, you know, any – well, actually, I am a Buffalo fan, aren't I? So I can't, can't stand it. <laughs> Forgot about that. They're technically but not look, New York, no, though. No, well, that's it. But, I mean, look, not they York are City. technically New York. but Not New York City, though. No, but they're my division. And fuck the Pats. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it is amazing, and you're right. It is, it's astonishing that, and clearly, they've won enough in the last 
20 years that they've got some you know credits in the bank and runs on the board and whatever cliche you want to use they've got it mm. but at some point at some point and it's been now i mean they're in the super bowl in what 20 feb 2018 mm. was it 2017 when they lost to philly um i should know i was very drunk that day lost track of time <laughs> got a feeling it was um, it was the 17th season, so does that make it 17, February 18? Um, anyway, it's it's they've been bad for a while now. They've been bad for a while now. And at some point, at some point, the narrative has to turn in that this is unacceptable in New England. And you know, we spoke about it earlier in the year as to whether yeah, maybe it was only a month ago or just over a month ago that could Bill Belichick get sacked in New England. And and I think I think the only reason that he hasn't now is because of that defense. And and you talked about it before, you know, three games three games with where your defense concedes less than ten points. I mean, most teams would take that. Hmm. Most teams would take that in any stretch. But the fact that they've lost all three is an indictment on A, the franchise as a whole, B, the offensive unit and skill players, but C, the coaching. And Bill Belichick has always been known as a guy that gets the most out of an offense, no matter who's there, um, You know whether you've got pro bowlers or not, you know, Tom Brady or not. Uh, it doesn't matter what receivers. That was always the argument, is that Tom Brady made average receivers look good. Um, there's, there's humongous question marks about whether Bill Belichick lasts the season. I think if ultimately, I think if you've made it this far without making a change, I think you probably, you probably get to the end of the season and yeah. then he walks. Um, but you reckon he walks? Well, I'm not sure how he I comes can... back from this. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to walk, see him walk out with his tail between his legs. I, I can't see Robert Kraft sacking Bill Belichick. No. I can see Bill Belichick walking away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more. Um but I think if they had if they had an ownership that had more balls, that Bill Belichick wouldn't be there now. Um and I think ultimately if if it's not a coach if if you're a head coach that's not named Bill Belichick and your offense has performed the way it has for two and a half, three seasons now. I'm not sure that you're still there in week 14 of the 2023 season. No, you. Oh, I think you're spot on. And like you said, it, it's it probably you know um, goes back to a lot of goodwill or good um, mm-hmm. good luck <laughs> from the Patriots. So um, anyway, who cares? They fuck. They suck. So I I hope Robert Kraft grows some balls and sacks Bill Belichick. I, that would be incredible. But. Uh, Either way, I can't see Belichick being in Massachusetts next season. Um, I just can't. I, I can't see the franchise allowing it, and I can't see him allowing it, frankly. So, anyway, I guess we'll see you over the next uh, month or so. Um, you know where you should go? Mm-hmm. Back to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. That's where he started his head coaching tenure. He could be a, you know, who knows? He could be a... Defensive coordinator or something? Would he? Would he be? Do would he do something like that? Work surely under Spansky? Surely, surely Bill Belichick doesn't. 
Oh, I mean, there's probably not an opening. Jim Schwartz has done a pretty good job in Cleveland would, this year. But... Would you take him in Buffalo? No. Nah. No? Too old, mate. Like, honestly, the game keep, is. I'm not, keep I know, Sean like, McDermott over Bill Belichick. No, I wouldn't keep Sean McDermott over him. But, you know, I think there's a better... Well, let's say they're the two, they're the two options. <laughs> then I'd probably... Or... I don't think Bill would um, coach against the Patriots, so twice a year, if that makes sense. Well, so, um, but hypotheticals are always fun. I don't like him, but... I'd take Bill probably. Sadly. <laughs> I think I'd take Bill. That's, I think that's it's probably hard to not take Bill, to be honest. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. There, I, there aren't, and maybe there are, what are there, probably 12 to 15 take, franchises that would take their existing oh, yeah, yeah, head coach yeah. over Bill Belichick? Yeah, probably all the teams that are in playoff position. At that's the right. That's right. Yeah. Um, as we look ahead to the stat leaders for the season, there's been a few changes uh over the last week or so we we spoke about one last week uh with Sam Howell taking over the lead of uh pass order has and been restored mate well has it what do you mean he's not there well, I, I know he's not there but it's also <laughs> not to a tag of Iloa who we'd expected to be there so it is CJ Stroud the rookie who's leading the lead in passing yards and as we touched on at the top of the show, he's in the MVP conversation as a rookie quarterback. Which He'll is- finish, you know, he, he's a, he's going to finish with 5,000 yards, I think. I, he I don't very well might do. With that with that run that we spoke about, the Texans mm. on the way home, uh, he very well may do. And and those odds, what were those odds for CJ Stroud MVP? Is it $23? I, I can't see him winning it, but it wouldn't surprise me if Mate, they if go and win. Home, if, they like, go, yeah. if they win four of the last five, if they, CJ Stroud hits 5,000 passing yards, those odds go to single digits. He gets that team to a division title, double-digit wins, 5,000 yards. He's in the conversation and has to be. Agreed. I, I still I still don't think that he's he wins it. Inception ratio is better than any of the top guys. I, I agree. I think he's having a phenomenal season. And, I mean, without wanting to pump up our ties, I think both of us said that CJ Stroud was going to be an incredible player. And... The Texans lucked into into getting him. Oh yeah. Um, but I still can't see him winning the MVP, regardless of any of that. Um, In saying that, let's do another hypothetical. I know we're just flabbering on here, but do you? If he was drafted to the Panthers, mm-hmm. how many wins do the Panthers have right now? Do they have as many as the Texans? No, no, I don't think they do. Uh, no, I think they've got more than one. But yeah, I, I, I definitely seven. think more than one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, let's put this in context. Only one NFL rookie has won the MVP in history. Who was that? I'm not aware. Jim Brown, who's an all-time, oh, yeah, you know, all-famer, all-time Express. great. Um, yeah, 942 yards, 4.7 yards per carry, nine touchdowns. Uh, but even that was, I mean, what, what year was that? Uh, uh, what year was that? Um, 63. Mm. 63. So we're talking 60 years ago. Um, so I, look, it would be special. And he's certainly in the conversation and deserves to be. But I, I mean, if... If he throws for three hundred fifty plus yards and two touchdowns, 
to run home. They win out. They win the division. Everything goes right. Maybe. But every single thing would have to go right. And he would have to be the QB that puts the hand up and says, I'm the guy. And in that conversation, you've got your Jalen Hurts, your Patrick Mahomes, and your Lamar Jackson, your Dak Prescotts, and fucking Brock Purdy. Um, can CJ Stroud differentiate himself from that crowd? I'm, I'm just not sure. Um, and he would have to. He would have to for to be a rookie to win the MVP. Uh, but regardless, I mean, if he leads the league in pass yards at the end of the season, that's phenomenal. If the Texans make the playoffs, let alone win the division, that's phenomenal. Um, and so he absolutely deserves to be in the conversation, without a doubt. Um, receiving yards, as he has done since week one, Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like we both said, probably hits that 2,000-yard mark with a week to spare. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, as he has done most of the season, leads the rushing yards with 1,032. No, I feel like that's short. Uh, no, that's right. That's right. Uh, Khalil Mack, the Chargers, two sacks on the weekend to take the outright lead with 15. And as we said last week, there's 99. a bunch of guys. What's that? 99 career stack. Career stack. Yeah, I think That's he just... Good career, um, isn't it? Yeah, he's had a... Um, yeah, he's had a phenomenal turnaround this year. I mean, he, he he's always been a great player, but he kind of... Um, went, went off a little bit. Um didn't he? Like, you know, he started this, like his career unbelievably mm-hmm. and he's kind of um, had a few down years and then... Um... Well, he was still... I mean, I think that's the thing is that in those in those couple of years towards the end of was the end of his time Chicago. in yeah. Chicago and then Oakland, uh, Vegas, um, like he was still good. He just wasn't great. He was still good. But when you compare it to those first whatever it was, six years or, or whatever, where he was phenomenal. Um, he wasn't quite at that mark. But I, I didn't think that he'd get that level back, to be honest. No, he, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's been an incredible bounce back year. I mean, he, first year in LA last year, played every game, only got eight sacks. He's almost it's clearly been a good move for him. Yeah. Oh, look, he had to get out of Chicago. It was a bit of a sinking ship. I mean, I know he led them to the playoffs um, that one year where they, they won – you know, they got to the playoffs and had, you know. But he's got a bunch of talent around him again, which helps. That's it, yeah. But, I mean, he's still on a bad team, so unlucky. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to argue. Tell me me the tackle leader, Nick. You did it with some practice. Foyasade Aluakon. Aluakon, perfect. Aluakon. I reckon he nailed the first name. That's the hardest part, I think. I don't know. I I I think I got the first name. Spot on. All right. But the, the, that's pretty good. Yeah, the, surname's, the surname's tough. Anyway, but, interesting stat about Aluacon, and we didn't know this coming in because he's been a bit of an unheralded player um, in Atlanta. He's, he's now obviously in Jacksonville, but he's led the team league in tackles the last two seasons. Which is incredible. incredible. And, and I feel yeah. like... I, no I stranger to, you, to, the, to the title. I said this to you off air. I feel like looking at that now, that there should be no question about how to pronounce his name. Everyone should be know how to pronounce his name because he's a household name. Um, but it does feel like he's just, I don't know, underrepresented, uh, underappreciated, underrated. 
Um, he's not. I remember when I saw that that he was leading the league. I th- I thought, and then you said he led the league last season. And I was like, didn't Rokon Smith lead the league last season? Um, and there were probably a bunch of guys I would have reeled off in terms of that stat um, before I even thought about a Jacksonville player, let alone got his name. So fourth most ever last year, 128, which was the fourth most ever in a season. Incredible. Incredible. Do you know who leads that? I'll give you one guess. Go on. Who the Ray Lewis, 156 in a season. Ooh. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. And look, I think you, you mentioned it before, but Jacksonville has a, a sneakily good defense. Mm. They've got a really good defense. Um, I mean, they've got a bunch of guys that that you're in any given game or week could lead a game in sacks. Um, their secondary is pretty decent. Um and obviously their you know their defensive line is is strong it's stout and yeah i mean i think that just kind of you know hammers home the potential that this jacksonville team has if they can you know continue the trend of the last two years we've seen them kind of continue to take steps and and you know winning the division um at the last you know it was the very last minute um last season i think and you know, if, if Trevor Lawrence is good to go for the rest of the season, then I think that they they continue, like you said, to to go on and win the division again. But um, even without Trevor Lawrence, they're they're still in contention to do that off the back of their defense. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's exactly why I've got. They can still do it without him, but you know, like I said, it might be difficult in a playoff game without without T Law. So we'll see what yeah. happens there. Um, Deron Bland from the Cowboys leads the league in interceptions as he has done for a couple of weeks now. Um, said he was value last week at eleven dollars fifty uh, with seven interceptions. Had another in- interception this week uh, to make it eight on the season, and he's blown out by a dollar in the uh, depoy odds to twelve fifty. So, tell me how that works. Uh, well, yeah, well, I, I, like the only reason I can give is that the, the Seahawks kind of shredded him, especially early. They went after him and that scored a lot off, of yeah. yeah. They scored two touchdowns on him, um, as as his the DK Metcalf's direct opponent, I suppose. But um, he got one back with that with that interception in the second half and and helped the Cowboys to a win. So yeah, no reason why he should have blown out because, like I said, none of the uh, we were saying I think off air, but none of the big boys. Um, really had a big week, you know. TJ White, Miles Garrett, all those guys were quiet. Obviously, Khalil Mack had a bigger week, um, but um, wasn't really in the discussion. And then, and Michael Parsons as well wasn't phenomenal. But so yeah, there, there's still value we had if you believe in believe in Bland. Well, there is form. I mean, Trayvon Diggs led the league in interceptions last season with what eleven or twelve or something, uh, and I don't think he got a vote. No, <laughs> in the depoy voting, so. They do there is there is form there, um, but we move on. Power rankings. Now you've done the power rankings for a couple of weeks, and so the pressure was on me because I was not expecting you to be here this week, um, <laughs> and so you know I kind of put mine together. And I know you've got some question marks about it, and, and I'm keen to hear them. But where are my bills? Think... <laughs> that's disappeared. That's the... But now nah, look, I that's... don't think that's the question look, mark. No, nah, that's completely fair enough. But no, that if you're talking about the top team, I think you you've got it right. 
Well, I think we both agree that the Niners, having now demolished the Cowboys and the Eagles, uh, deserve it, despite not having the best record in their conference, let alone the NFL. Uh, they deserve to be the number one ranked team <clears throat> in the league. And, and yeah, to their credit, some pundits have had the Niners top for a couple of weeks now. Uh, still got the Eagles at number two. I think we'll learn a lot about the Eagles in terms of how they bounce back this week. Um, having said that, once you get past the Cowboys this week, I think things will kind of even out um, no matter what happens this week. But I think the Eagles, you know, they're, they're locked into a playoff spot. Um, you know, seeding can change over the next few weeks, obviously, as you mentioned earlier. But um, they're going to be one of the better teams heading into the postseason. Um, at three, I've got the Baltimore Ravens. I think you put it perfectly last week when you said that the AFC runs through Baltimore. And I don't think that changes. I think they're quite clearly the best team in their conference, uh, despite only being a, a game ahead. Um, I think they're quite a lot better than pretty much everyone that sits behind them. After that, there's some question marks. And I think this is where it gets really interesting. I've got the Miami Dolphins, and I thought, I know... No, you've got the Cowboys. Sorry, Cowboys at four. Cowboys yeah. at four. No, I agree with and that. And here's here's where it gets interesting: is is the Dolphins at five? Yeah. Uh, because I think last week there was it was. I think most people agreed in power rankings that it got down to about the seventh or eighth rung before the question marks started uh, to to arise, and I think now we're at five with Miami. I've got Miami at five. I I know that their strength of schedule hasn't been particularly strong. Um, but no, I I'm, think I, yeah. I think that I think that they're a really good team. I think they've shown that um, you know I, I think that they're going to be a force. And and we've spoken about Tyreek and Tua, uh, Raheem Mostert leads the league in in uh, rushing touchdowns, um, and they've got plenty of talent, especially on offense. I think their defense potentially still some question marks, but I think they've shown enough that. You know, their run home shouldn't be an issue and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I'm not I'm not sure that they're quite a Super Bowl contender just yet. Yeah, this is the thing. So I, I would definitely have them at five. There's I, I, no reason why you wouldn't have them ahead of the Chiefs at the moment, um, just with the few of the Chiefs kind of failings. But um, one interesting stat that I did note on the standings this week was that, yeah, their, share, their strength of victory, which is essentially – obviously all the combined win records for the teams that they've beaten this season. Mm -hmm. Worst in the league at only 300 or just above 303, which is incredible. So they've been playing some pretty ordinary teams. And as you mentioned, strength of schedule, 393, which is the lowest in the league as well. So yes, they haven't, they've beaten from who's in front of them. They've faltered against the teams that have been, you know, around them or a better record than them. But they're still so fun and still so for, like good on offense that they can hang with any team. So yeah, I absolutely yeah. would have them in that in that conversation. And um, they're going to have home ground advantage in week one of the playoffs. So there's no reason why they can't make a an AFC Championship game. I'd love to know. I mean, I don't know if you've got it handy. I meant to ask you earlier if you've got a kind of a list of the other teams in that conversation. 
um, around strength of victory because sure, yeah, Dallas was the other one that I was going to say. Dallas yeah. has to be up there in terms of <clears throat> that conversation, and they look they, their last month has been very good. Dak Prescott's last three or four weeks has been lights out, and yeah, they might very well beat the Eagles in Dallas this yeah. week. The only other team anywhere near the 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 um the Dolphins in terms of strength of victory are the other Cowboys at 33 or 330 as the Americans like to put it. So three, 33% um, is their strength of victory. And then the other teams, the only other teams that are in playoff calculations at the moment that are below that 400 mark uh, are the Colts. So they're bidding up on lower teams as well at 381. And then the Falcons at 389, which isn't surprising when you've got the Falcons only at six and six themselves, but um, and then you've got like Seahawks and Tampa Bay in that conversation who are in the in the picture too. Um, and the Saints, even lower, 300, um, who are only five and seven themselves. But, yeah, look, it's a, it's a very interesting stat to know who the teams have been playing. And obviously strength of victory doesn't quite tell the story because some of the times um, the team's record isn't as good as it, you know, could be or was or will yeah. be, you know what I mean? But... Strength of schedule is always interesting as well. So, yeah, like I said, the Dolphins clearly ahead of that mark as well. And then um, uh, the Cowboys are also under 400, the only other team under 400. So they're the two obvious ones that we've all thought and, and, and you know, the statistics don't lie. So great opportunity for both, well, definitely Dallas this week, um, not so much for the Dolphins. I think they've got another, another easy one um, from memory. Yeah, uh, the Titans. Yeah, Titans. Yeah, so they should be winning that. And again, that's a, a team that's only won three or four games of the season. So um, that's not going to improve this week for the Dolphins. But yeah, look, um, they they have every right to be in the in the power rankings where you've got them at number five. Yeah, look, I, th- I think look those two, you can only beat who's who you've that's got it, ahead yeah. of you, right? Like you can't beat good teams if they're not on your schedule. Um, the reality is that until I mean the Seahawks are a, they're a pretty good team, and I think we saw that in the first half against Dallas. But there haven't been many teams with a winning record that Dallas have beaten at the time. Um, you know, whenever they've been they've they've come up against a challenge, you know, which hasn't been often, but they haven't they haven't delivered. And so this this week will be a really good indication of where Dallas are actually at. I think this week, unless, you know, maybe the Eagles aren't as good as we thought they were. Um, Regardless, I think the Dallas Cowboys are a pretty good team. I think the Miami Dolphins are a pretty good team. Maybe not as good as the Cowboys, but just behind. And then, yeah, like you said, the Chiefs in six. It was a toss-up between those two who got to spot five. And then with Detroit Mm. at nine and three and seven as well. I just think that they've... I really like the Detroit Lions. We've talked about them a lot over the last couple of years and their trajectory uh, of of improvement, but I think there's still question marks about their defense. And yeah, you know, we saw them concede what was it 28 points to New Orleans? Um, you know, they are 21 zip, 21 zip, and then uh, yeah, finally pulled it out late. But they probably should have lost that game uh, after having led 21 zip. And I just think there's there's question marks around Detroit and whether they're ready to, to really take that next step. I've seen a few kind of power rankings and, and, you know, tier lists that have Detroit in the, 
Super Bowl tier, and I, I just don't agree. I don't think that the, the Lions are there yet. Mm. Um, I have them behind the Dolphins. I have them behind the Chiefs. I have them behind the Cowboys in that conversation. So um, there's potentially a few other teams I might have ahead of them in that conversation as well. But I think that, that seventh is about right for Detroit. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think I'd have the Detroit Lions exactly where they are there. Obviously, they beat the Chiefs week one, but I don't think you'd be putting the Lions ahead of the Chiefs at this stage um, no. right now. No, and, and the next team, and we've spoken a bit about the Jags tonight, but I think if we're talking about potential Super Bowl winners, assuming everything's okay with Trevor Lawrence, I probably have the Jags slightly ahead of Detroit in that conversation just on the balance of the evenness of the roster in that, you know, yes, their offense is good. Their defense is excellent. And the Lions, you know, their offense is excellent, but their defense is pretty average. Um, I do have the Jags below the Lions on the power rankings, but I think if you That's if, fair. if you That's ask fair. me who's going to win head-to-head in a Super Bowl, Detroit or Jacksonville, I think mm-hmm. I'm taking Jacksonville. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I'd, I'd probably lean the other way slightly, but that might be just my bias towards the Lions this season. But they're look, cool. look um, I really, you know, I've said it before. I really like the Lions, as do you. I, I know you've been bullish on them for a while, but uh, I really enjoy watching them. I think they're fun, and I think they're going to be really good for for a while. But yeah, right now in a head to head matchup on the biggest stage, I'm taking yeah, the team that. with a better D. Sure. Sure. The big movers there, mate. Texans. The big the movers. The yeah. big movers. Houston Texans are into the top 10, which I never would have imagined <laughs> saying coming into this season, probably into next season as well. But you know, I've said it for, for a while now. D'Amico Ryans has to be in the conversation. If not, I haven't looked at the at the markets, but outright he should be, in my mind, outright favorite for head coach of the year. Uh, what he's done with that franchise in you know, about 25 weeks or so, 30 weeks, has been nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, and the fact that they're sitting second in the in the division with a, a real legitimate chance of winning the division at seven and five when they've won no more than four games in a season over mm. the last, what, three? Three seasons? Four years? Yeah, three or four years they've been... Um, and, and the way that they win games has been really impressive. Their defense is unheralded. Uh, you know, they don't have the big names that they used to have. You know, when you look back to, you know, let's say five years ago with JJ Watt and, and those guys, um, you're really unheralded, underappreciated defense, but they're, they're pretty good. And their offense, obviously led by CJ Stroud, rookie of the year, potential MVP, um, you know, is really exciting. And, and I think that they deserve to be in the top 10 at the moment, especially when you look at their run home. Uh, I think they've, the, the strength of what they've delivered over the last six weeks has them deserving to be in the top 10. But what you look at their schedule over the next five weeks and you know, maybe that top 10 isn't high enough. Yeah, they, they could definitely go even higher. The only disappointing um, thing for the Texans is that they lost their their other rookie um, who's been amazing this year is Tank Dell, their wide receiver yeah. who's been put on IR. Yeah, real shame. So, he won't be available until at least, I think, week 18, which will be the final regular season game, or they might just keep him up their sleeve for the playoffs if they're there. But And they, like I said, they should be. But, um, yeah, disappointing to lose him um, for the next four weeks. Yes. So this is where it gets really interesting. It gets really interesting. And, and there's <laughs> well, a bar. Yeah. I mean, 
even as a blanket now even as we're talking i mean you and i are disagreeing on some of these spots literally <laughs> in our run sheet uh typing to each other right now but i've gone the browns at 10 just sneaking into the top 10 uh despite yeah. their loss no, um, and i think no, the strength they're... of their defense has them deserving to be there but that could that could change really quickly i think well, Joe Flacco kept them in that game against the Rams for a long time until they kind of self-exploded at the end there. But uh, I, I don't see why they wouldn't be ahead of the Steelers. Still, we still we had the Browns ten last week and the Steelers eleven. And there's no reason to change them. I know they both had yep. losses. The Steelers one was a really particularly bad loss. That was an awful Cardinals. Loss. Yeah, that, that was awful. Didn't loss. See that coming, um, especially after they kind of got their offense into gear. I, mean, I know Kenny Pickett went down, but. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty lackluster display from the Steelers who did nothing on defense either. And then the one we're debating, mate, the Colts yeah. have to be 12th. Um, well, I think okay. the Vikings so, so... accidentally, but the Vikings aren't at 7-5. They're 6-6. Six no. six. They're coming off a bye. They played the mm-hmm. worst game I've ever seen on Monday Night Football and lost. Mm-hmm. They, they aren't in this conversation, mate, I'm afraid. Look, <laughs> I don't think... See, I don't think the Colts are in this conversation either. I I know they're seven and five. Fair enough. I don't think they deserve to win this game. No. And I think they only won this game on the strength of two special teams plays. That's back true. To back. That's true. Um, which was one of the more incredible kind of uh, drives. Was there any surprise that the um, special teams coach in Tennessee was uh, relieved of his duties this week? <laughs> Yeah, look, genuinely gone, and and fair enough. Like that, that cost them hundred percent. That hundred percent cost the Titans a a win. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I have that change in the win loss record enough to, to have okay. the Colts. I don't even have the Colts in the top fifteen. I, I I so I had the Vikings there. Okay, at six and six because you had it only. Only because I, and I'm trying to think back to when I did this early today, but I think the drop off. So everyone thought, and I think legitimately, when Kirk Cousins ruled out that that was going to be the Vikings done, and, and I oh, think that's a, I think that's a legitimate a legitimate argument. I think what we've seen out of um, uh, Josh, Josh Dobbs, Dobbs. Yeah. Josh Dobbs, I think Josh Dobbs has has shown that he's a league average quarterback so far. Uh, I know you mentioned that Monday Night Football, we've both spoken about that worst game almost of all time last week, and it was. Um, but there's some argument that says you know, they were brought down to a certain level by their opponents. Um, I, I think the Vikings, have, the Vikings have shown enough, I think, since Cousins went down to show that they're still competitive on offense. They're getting Justin Jefferson back. Um I think there's enough there that the Vikings are still going to be competitive, pretty, you know, very competitive for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I still think they can make the playoffs. It's getting tight in the NFC, though. There's only so many it spots, and, and you've got the Packers sure. and the Rams kind of jumping into calculation all of a sudden. 100%. And the Seahawks, I think the Seahawks, unfortunately for them, are cooked. They've got a really tough schedule coming up. They've got the Niners again this week, and I think they play your Eagles soon. Um, yeah. Have a look at this. They look. Look, they put on a great display against yeah. the Cowboys on Thursday night, but I just think they that's and that's ultimately 
that's ultimately the reason they've stayed in 13th is that first half I thought was really mm. impressive. Um, obviously, it all fell apart after that, but I thought they were really good. And the way that they kind of dismantled that Dallas defense um, was was really impressive. Um, and that's ultimately the reason they stay in 13th. Um, sure. But then, like you said, Mate, Packers and Rams. These and, guys. These, this, yeah, is the, this is the team. And look, I wrote them off mid-season. I, I completely gave up on Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. But whatever which he's I think done in the last... Absolutely legitimate. Whatever he's done in the last month, in particular the last three weeks, or he's won the last three, he's been phenomenal. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league in the last three weeks. He's beaten the... Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs last week, he beat the Lions in Detroit on Thanksgiving who were, you know, rolling. He's had two massive wins and all of a sudden they're at six and six and uh, flying. They are they are playing some good football. They're, 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 the young core is clicking all of a sudden. Their defense is getting it together. Um, Christian Watson is finally figuring it out. But Jordan Love is getting the ball out of his hands and he's making plays. They haven't even had a running game. You know what I mean? Like Aaron Jones has been out. AJ Dillon's plugging away, but he's not doing much. So it's all been Love through the air and and they've been really impressive. I've been very impressed with Jordan Love the last few weeks. And um, yeah, I think they'll make the playoffs from here. I think they are, um, they they look the goods. And and Matt LaFleur somehow never lost a game in December. 16 and zip. Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned a name there. You mentioned a name that I th- that I think is very worthwhile of discussion. Christian Watson over the last two or three weeks has taken a step up. I mean, he's he's become obviously he's he's getting more attention in that offense. Um, you know, they're, they're throwing the ball more. He's got more targets, but he's catching the ball more um, yards after the catch. Mm. Um, all these sorts of things, and and we so know what sort of speed and and athleticism he has. You must be so glad to have him on your fantasy team. <laughs> so glad I used to have him. But I made the right move. It was a good trade, actually. I think it worked for both parties. I, I think it worked for both parties. The, you the needed trade... a wide receiver, but he's gone off the last two weeks. I've given him to you. He has, yeah. Sorry, this the, week. The trade cost me this week because I essentially didn't have a tight end like you didn't last week. Oh, yeah. Hot. Yeah, he was on um, fire, wasn't he? But... Look, You're yeah, sitting pretty, mate. You only lost one game. You're, you'd guaranteed your player spot. There's no two reason. Now. Two, two now. Tank. Yeah. I lost week one. I lost week one and I lost yeah, this but, week. <laughs> You've had one 10 in a row between that. <laughs> <laughs> like 11 in a row. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm good. I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. Um, But yeah, look, I think the, the Rams, the Rams <clears> are another kind of sneaky one. I mean, we'll see what happens with the Seahawks, but. Yeah, maybe the Rams are putting it together at the right time of the season as well. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm still not 100% sold on the Rams. I think it's more to do with their – actually, I don't know what it is because their defences still can be good, um, not as good, obviously, as their Super Bowl year. <sighs> the receiving games up and down. Excuse me, Puka had a massive game this week. Mm. The Cooper Cup was nowhere to be seen. Um, Kyron Williams is a stud though, and that's that's the yep. thing. So, look, the Rams might look again. Might come down the schedule. They've, I know they've. Got, I haven't looked ahead for the Rams. They know they have got the Ravens this week. Don't think they're making an upset in Baltimore. But and where are the Packers playing this week? I think they're against the Giants, so they should be winning. So yeah, it 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 can change quickly. Um. 
really tight race coming up but in both in both conferences so mm. looking forward to how the um wild card spots play out but um more definitely more bullish on green bay than la for whatever that's worth to that's the fair listeners. that's fair but i think over the next you know the, the next bunch of teams let's say the next five or six teams there's there's a whole next level that could kind of make that top 15 uh or, or top 12 depending on the results well, and you talk about the you know the Bills, the Broncos, uh, the Bengals, even the Colts at seven and five. Like, you and you said. still haven't, and you still you've mentioned all those teams, and you still haven't mentioned a team from the NFC South. That's how well they're going. Well, I was they were coming. I was going to mention them last. Uh, <laughs> the New Orleans Saints no, but, at five and seven. No, but that's, that's my the point. Falcons, like, well, that's the Falcons six and six. I mean, they're, they're in that conversation, right? But Mate, they're the fourth they shouldn't be. They, they shouldn't be. They're the fourth seed. I know, I know. Host a player. Yeah. Oh, anyway, anyway, the top, bottom three hasn't changed. The bottom three hasn't changed. I think everyone knows who the worst team in the competition is. It's the New England Patriots. Uh, no, it's the Carolina Panthers, but the New England Patriots are hot on their heels. And, <laughs> gonna... and honestly, could take over that, that final spot over the final month of the season. Can Could you see that happening? Yeah, why not? I mean, Bryce Young and the Bryce Panthers. Bryce shown they, a little bit. I know yeah, they, they haven't been great, right. Bryce Young's shown a little bit. They stayed in that game for a long time against the Bucks, and um, not unlucky not to win it, but they, they were definitely um, well within their grasp. They could easily see them winning another game, whereas you, you can't see the Pats winning another game at this, at yeah. this point. Yeah, and, and I think really the, the bottom spot is down to those two. That would be incredible if the Pats got the number one pick. That would actually be phenomenal. Who would have thought? <laughs> well, I mean, if if any team could use it, it's them. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, the Bears will be um, hoping the Panthers continue their yeah their horrible run because they obviously hold their pick. And look, the Bears, to be honest, are a bit unlucky to miss our um, our bottom three here, mate. <laughs> uh, the Cardinals had a good win. Cardinals so. had a good win, and and that probably but in saying saves that, them Bears... from the bottom two for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, the Bears did win their last game, in fairness. So, look, they can stay out for another week. But who knows, they could be back before the season's out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I think that third spot, that third spot's open uh, for a couple of teams to, to kind of... <laughs> We're we'll trying to get your Giants back in there, mate. Oh, that'd, be, that'd make me happy. I mean, look at look at what Washington have wow. done over the last the month with their... Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the trades that they made out of their defense... Um, yeah, anything can happen there in, in Washington. I think their offense is still good enough to kind of keep them out of that yeah, bottom couple, but yeah, anything can happen. Um the week fourteen matchups, the commanders and the Cardinals, uh both on a bye. But we kick off with that matchup that you mentioned earlier that could be a nil all draw. Uh the Patriots in Pittsburgh. Um not a whole lot to look forward to in that one. No, no, it's not highlighted. Let's move on. Panthers Saints. <laughs> Let's move on. Not highlighted. Come on. Texans Jets is interesting only because I mean New York at home are, are a tough beat, but the Texans. What are we doing here, Nick? You're going. You're not going. You're not listening to the run sheet here, mate. This is. I, this is I'm adding, going in order. I'm its, going in order. I'm best. just hey, look. <laughs> the next couple of games are highlighted. We'll give them the respect that it deserves. And they probably uh, shouldn't be, to be honest. It's just more for playoff positions, I think. Sure. But they're not exciting in any way, I don't think. So walk me through it. 
Jags and Browns, obviously critical for the Jags, depending on who plays at quarterback. CJ Bethard could be the starting quarterback against Joe Flacco. Goodness me. Um, what's the NFL come to this year? It has been a fucking bad, bad year for injuries for quarterbacks. But, look, let's say the Jags go in without Lawrence and the Browns go in as the Browns. <laughs> you have to favour that Browns defence at home, but, yeah, who knows? Um which, and then which is very interesting because because that's very interesting because the Jags go to eight and five, the Browns go to eight and five, and the Jags could all of a sudden lose their mm-hmm. grip on the AFC South. The Colts and the Bengals, as you said, the Colts could take over. Well, I don't know if they would because it's still behind the tiebreaker, but Colts could move to eight and five with a win, and there's every chance they could. I mean, Gardner Minshew's okay. Can Jake, like, can Jake Brown backups in a row? In terms of backups, Gardner Minshew's not the worst. He's a, he's good enough to be a starter. He's good enough to be a starter in this league. Mate, look Maybe at the guys in New England. Patriots. Look at the guys in New England. Look at the guys in New York. He's every chance. He is every reason he could be a starter in this league. Having Gardner Minshew on the Jets would be interesting. Uh, that'd be a better offensive team with Gardner Minshew. I guarantee yeah. you that. But, um, yeah, I'd agree with that. He just plays hard. He gives it his all. Look, he's not the most talented guy, but... He's doing enough at the moment for the Colts. I think the Bengals win that if they can ride what Jake Browning did. Excuse me, last week. Then there's enough talent on that Bengals team to win at home. So that that makes it even inter- more interesting. If if the Bengals win that, AFC is even further open because mm-hmm. they go to seven and six. Colts drop to seven and six, and chaos pursues. Absolutely. Um, the next couple of games in that Sunday slate: Detroit at Chicago. Tampa Bay at Atlanta, the Rams at Baltimore, and Minnesota at Las Vegas. Not a whole lot to write home there. I mean, I think the Bucks Falcons really is the only one where you kind of go, who's going to win that game? And really, it should be the Bucks. But I mean, Ooh, uh, really, I should know. be the Bucks away from home. Interesting. Again, if, Falcons, if that the Falcons happens, are good, the Falcons no, they're are not. Good. Look, I, and I actually Bucks- think they're coached really poorly. Atlanta. Interesting. Interesting. Look, the Bucks win that game and then all hell breaks loose in the NFC South. Mm-hmm. All teams, all three teams yep. should be six and six if, if you know, the, all going well in New Orleans, you'd think they'd beat the Panthers. But who knows? It could be the it could be the second win we were just talking about for Carolina. So the way the Saints are going. Um, and they'll likely have Jameis at, at quarterback. I don't think Derek mm. Carr will play. Um, but yeah, that's that, that makes it very interesting. We'll come out of the early slate with a lot more clearer idea on the playoff picture, and then you go into Seahawks 49ers, which is um another double digit victory for the Niners, you'd think. And the Lions, I, like, said, I like the Lions Seahawks, said, but I can't see them getting close to San Francisco. No, nah, not, not in recent games, they've been pumping the Seahawks lately, and you know, we saw that in the playoffs last year. They you know, played two weeks ago on Thanksgiving, and the Niners just toyed with them. Broncos and Chargers, massive. Massive game. As much as I hate probably both of these teams, they it's a massive game. Chargers saved their season with a win. Oh, barely. It's gone. It's completely gone if they lose it. And then the Broncos, who were rolling, had a bit of a slip up last week on the road again. Very interesting. Very interesting to see what happens in, in that one. Who wins? Denver. Denver away from home. Yeah, that defense. If, if the Chargers can't score against the Pats, I don't think they're beating the Broncos. 
think the Pats are pretty good on D. The, no, we'll go uh, we'll go head to head this week. I've got the I've got the Chargers in LA. I will look as much as I don't like um, relying on Russell Wilson, but I'd much rather Sean Payton in my corner than Brandon Staley. So let's just go with that's the, fair. The that's a very fair <laughs> argument. Buffalo at Kansas City, huge game, but not improbable for the Bills to win this, especially the no. way they played against the Eagles and the Chiefs played last week. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'll give the Bills a, a knockout chance, a punches yeah. chance, they would say. But yeah, that that it's officially done if they lose this, the Bills. Sadly, you'd think so. It's it's a tough road back. There's a very way. very small glimmer of hope if we can beat the Chiefs, but. Um, I don't think I see oh, I th- I the think, Chiefs having another bad one. I think you're very much alive if you beat Kansas City in yeah, yeah, yeah. hour ahead. I think the season's very much alive. But, yeah, look, it's tough to come back if if you lose that. Um, this is the big one. This is the biggest game of the week by a mile. I feel like people have accused me of wanting to say that about the Eagles for years, but... Honestly, I feel like Eagles games over the last month have been game of the week every week. It's because uh, you're playing the best teams all the time, man. You've had an absolute horror draw. It's been really? awful, but like I, I know that we, I know we got pumped. But if someone had said you're going to walk walk out of that month at, at three and one, I would have taken that. Fucking oath. Uh, if someone said you're going to walk out of the five weeks at three and two, I'd take that. Even if we lose to Dallas, as much as I don't want to, um, I would have taken that too. With that, well, there's. It's even that six weeks run. if you include the, I oh know, one, two, I oh know. Sorry, that's the Cowboys as well. Yeah, that five week stretch is just it's just been a horror show for you guys. We had the Commanders before that, and we always lose to the Commanders. So, and you had the Dolphins before that, who were flying. Yeah. So look, it's, it hasn't been a tough, uh, um, an easy trip, easy ride for the Eagles. You get a bit of reprieve once you get past the Cowboys, though, mate. So. Um, <laughs> have you got you going Dallas and Dallas? I or? think I have to just from the. They're rolling at home. Like I said, they arguably should have beaten you in Philly. Got to trust Dallas maybe to get it done. This is their opportunity. If they can't, then you, you walk away and go another wasted season for Dallas maybe. But this is their chance. In saying that, backs against the wall. Not that I know you. Are you favourites? Probably not, actually. Good question. But um, I know Dallas is minus three. This is the game the Philly would love, though. Backs against the wall, written off after oh, yeah. getting beaten at home. This is the game that Philly live for. So, There's a question mark on the fitness of Jalen Hurts. He'll play, but whether he's 100% fit or not. Uh, True. It hurts. I mean, DeAndre Swift. I, I, I saw one pundit this morning on uh, US TV saying, I think it was David Carr, saying that, Nick Sirianni should consider playing Marcus Mariota against Dallas this week to give oh, Jalen Hurts the week off. Can't say I agree with that at all. That's one of the poorer takes I've, I've heard. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, to finish the week, Green Monday Bay night. at the Giants. Double header. And Tennessee at Miami. Kicking off at the same time on Monday night. Don't love that. I'm not sure which game I'd rather watch. I think I was going to say, which one are you choosing? <laughs> They're both pretty, like on paper, lopsided. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty interested to watch Jordan Love, to be honest. Um, 
So I'll probably tune into that one. I'm going opposite because I don't want to see another Achilles or an ACL at MetLife. Yeah, MetLife, yeah. Uh, and, you know, that Dolphins offense is pretty it fun is to pretty watch. It is pretty good to watch, yeah. Um, and I reckon they've got a, a pretty cushy matchup with that Titans secondary this week. So, uh, yeah, f- hopefully a fun one. I mean, that could be a that could be a kind of 50-point game, 55-point game. Um, we, we got... We knew it was a trap last week, but we we got the Colts Titans game wrong, didn't we? We did. We we did get the Colts Titans, but again, we, Dolphins again, Dolphins covered for us. The Dolphins covered easily. They almost bloody uh, scored that. That's right. But again, we go back to back to back special teams plays that got the overs in that Titans game. That's true. Um, which you know I'll take. I'll take. So moral victory. <laughs> moral anyway, victory. Yeah. Yeah. We've hit our uh we've hit our eighty minutes, so Hey, we're well over. Uh, well well over. Yeah. Unreal. If you bet well, the overs uh, on tonight being over an hour twenty, well done. <laughs> I, I didn't have the overs this week, that's for sure. I would definitely um, have the unders. Um and we finally talk shit. Oh, always. Always. It's what we do best. Um if you've made it this far, thank you. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Go birds. Go Bills. Fuck, that was a quick wrap-up. I like it.